the truth. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of The Naja Show. Yes, you heard it right, The Naja Show. It's back in its prime and its pristine condition. We're here to stay. We're here to grind. We're here to do something new. And we're here to sort of connect the world. You already know the deal. Uh, it's a show that aims to establish a greater sense of connectivity around the world. It's your host, Eamon Naja. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Eamon W. Naja. Twitter, same handle, Eamon W. Naja. You already know I post some fire content on those both. Also, don't forget to drop a like on this track. Leave a comment below if you're interested. Send it to a friend and let me know what you think. Now today we got two special hosts. Excuse me, two special guests. Y'all ain't the host, bro. This Are is you my sure show. About, see, wait <laughs> a minute. Sure about told them Pauls. Pauls. Wait We're, a minute. It's our show now. Today we got two special guests. We got Miguel. We got Ai. Help y'all introduce yourself. Start it up, bro. Alphabetical order. <laughs> All right. Ai, Ai goes first. My name is Ai Abago. I am a pretend student here at Columbia. I am in the School of Engineering. I, I like to say that I learn, but I don't because my teachers don't teach. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Oh, I, you're another guy that sees life, though. Um, yeah, I'm just here so I won't get fined. That's <laughs> a good one. Uh, who else we got on the? Who else we got on today's track? My name is Miguel Rodriguez. I'm also um, a, I'm a student at Columbia <laughs> University. I'm very proud of this fact. Um, we did a lot to get here, so that's facts. You got to rep. Um, I'm also a C student, hoping to be a civil engineer. And, um, oh, you switched up. Yeah, I did no switch longer up. Mechanical? I, used to, I was going to do mechanical, but I decided civil was for me right. for reasons. I don't know. We could talk about it later. Yeah, we could talk. That's a different podcast. That's a different episode. I, I, what are you studying? What are you, what are you pursuing? Man? What's your hobbies? What are your interests? Um, I'm interested in biomedical engineering. Oh, I see. So x-rays and MRIs. More like uh, <laughs> tissue and cell engineering, but okay. Okay, okay. I <laughs> like, on, I like the vibes. Disrespect. Oh, you're right. You're right. We've got to stay classy. All right. So today, listen, man, I brought y'all... For one main reason, we all have one thing in common, and that's the fact that we're all what second gen, first gen. We're first gen, first second gen. gen. We're, we're, we're first gen. Would it be first? Okay, first we're all gen. first gen, right? Our parents all immigrated. My parents came in the nineties. Miguel, when did your parents come to America? Um, my dad didn't get to America until I was like six or seven, and my mom okay. got here. Uh, she wasn't here permanently until I went like two thousand one. Okay, so two thousand early two thousands. Yeah. Uh, I, how about you? When did your parents come? Um, both my parents came in the 90s. Oh, word. Well, no, my mom came earlier in like the 80s. And okay. When she was a teenager, my dad came when he was like 25. Word. All right. So where, where'd y'all, oh, so my parents came from Morocco. Miguel, where'd your parents come from? What is, what is your ethnicity? What is your background? My parents came from Colombia, both of them. My word. mother was born in Venezuela, but okay. she moved to Colombia, so she calls herself Colombian. Gotcha. How about you? Where'd your, where'd your parents um, come from? My dad was born in Togo. My mom was born in Liberia. Liberia. Sorry. You know that you know that man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Word, shout out to Liberians, man. Oh, amazing <laughs> people. All right, bro. So we all we all we're all we're all children of immigrants. We all understand what it's like, sort of that struggle to be children of immigrants, right? Because you have again, you see people who are born here, raised here, their parents were born here, raised here, they're like fifth generation up, they were born here and raised here. They know the system, they know what to do, they you know what I mean? Like they understand it. But for us, I mean I feel like it was a bit different. So for you guys, what was like sort of that situation for you guys growing up? Like, how was it or how has it been growing up with immigrants as parents? Like, were there ever points of like confusion? Were there ever sort of situations where you had to explain something to your parents that they just didn't understand that they didn't have in the country? Because I can tell you like a thousand stories of that's the case. What, what was it like for you guys? I mean, I think we've all had the situation if you're an immigrant child and your parents don't know the language that oh, like they come home with like some tax papers and you're like seven and they're like, 
like, can you translate this? And you're, like, yeah. you're like, I don't understand what this says, but okay. And you try your best to explain like tax brackets to them yeah. in the first grade. I see what you're saying. So that's like a really big thing, I think. But okay. also just like um, having to switch languages like at home and in school. That's mm-hmm. a big thing. A lot of people don't really know that. Or okay. like, people who aren't immigrant children wouldn't understand that that's too true. much. But like you just have a different cadence and a different attitude when you're at home because you speak a different language than when you do at school or wherever else you oh, are, hanging out with people who speak English. That's true. So did you, when you were growing up, did you hang out with like Hispanics and Latinos or what was, what was your... My area was, was mostly area? Hispanic and Latinos anyway. Okay. So I did end up hanging out with a lot of them, but I there was plenty of diversity where I grew up. So I hung out with plenty of like Arabic people, plenty of... Um, okay, you got the Arabs. Yeah, right. Arabs okay, you got to represent. Plenty of Asian kids, plenty of like African yes, kids as well. Like it, there was no real like um, delineation there. They were all just sort of like people I knew in elementary school. Gotcha. Okay. All right. How about you, bro? What is it like? I've never, I've never seen the Liberian, the Togo combo. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you that I've never very, seen that. It's a very unique combo. My my experience is kind of unique in the sense that um, my parents, their native languages aren't um, very like known here in America, so they mm. had no other choice but to learn English. I just, see what you're saying. Just to live here. So by the time I was born. My parents only spoke English at home, even for them to communicate with each other, because they're from two totally different countries yeah, that sure. were colonized by two different European nations. And so to communicate with each other, they had to know English. So before I was born, they already knew those languages. But I did. There were times where like um, they would ask me about cultural things that they just didn't understand. So I would have to like try and explain that to them. And yeah. that was that was different. And I did. It was different being in my community versus being at home. Okay. Because both my parents are West African, and West African culture has a very unique um, rhythm to it. And a very, yeah. Very unique style to it. For sure. But the community I grew up in, where I go, went to school, the culture was mainly black American culture. And so I took uh, on both I identities. Okay. And I love them both still to this day. Sure. But it was, it was just... Still different at the same time. Got you, bro. I remember when I was in it was elementary school, bro. This is like my most faint memory. I was talking to my mom about this the other day, and it was the teacher gave me a homework assignment, and it was like you had to match words that sounded the same. So it was like clock and rock. You know what I mean? So it's like words that sound the same. There's a picture. It was a picture of a dice, and a picture of these mouses. Right? But here's I'm, there's a reason why I said mouses. I brought the homework assignment home. This was like first grade, probably kindergarten. I brought the homework assignment home. Showed it to my mom, who was like learning English at the time, and she like that match didn't occur to her that it was mice and dice so i didn't match those two together and i got the homework assignment wrong like that problem wrong so i brought it home the next day and then she took it to her co-workers and they had to explain to her that it was like mice and dice like that's the plural form of mouse and then as i like we talked about this like literally like a few months ago before i got here to columbia and like i just sat there and just laughed my butt off bro because it was like mice and dice like that's easy and i was like wait a minute if you were to put me in like hungary for example I'd struggle more than anything to like pick up, you know what I mean? Like those cultural nuances. It's like the same thing, bro. And that's like, whenever I hear immigrant stories, it's always like, all I have is respect for anyone who came. Cause they came from like literally like an established life to this country and had to rebuild from nothing. You know what I mean? All right. So we're all here. We're chilling here at Columbia, right? We're fortunate enough to attend this university. What was your experience like actually like applying to college and like considering like an academic career? I know like, for example, some immigrants like parents like come, have to rebuild from nothing their degrees or whatever they brought from their like home countries sort of might not be useful as much 
But how, for you guys, what was it like sort of pursuing the academic goals, going from high school to college and like challenging yourself and setting goal, like those big goals for yourself? Um, well, what was it like? So uh, growing up, my my mom, I really only grew up with my mom. My dad yeah. wasn't around too much because he still lived in Colombia. Okay. He wasn't like just out of my life, but like I didn't see him ever and he yeah. never called. So you know how it is. But um, my mom never had terribly high expectations of me. So growing up, I didn't really like want to do much except like stay home and like sleep and eat, right. and ride my bike around the block yeah. because that's what you do when the first grade. Um, by the time I got to high school and I had to seriously start considering like career paths, I think mm. my first choice was like to be a history teacher because I okay. really, really liked American history a lot. And I yeah. still do. Um, we, but I decided know this by your Snapchat. <laughs> oh yeah, that's fact. That's true. Yeah, these that's guys fact. are on my private Snapchat, <laughs> that's where I say I talk a lot of bad things about the U.S. You would think Miguel is in the college and not in the engineering school. <laughs> that is fact. I yeah no, but like I really liked like I, I appreciated the career path a lot. Like I wanted to do that for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got to my high school and I joined the robotics team. Okay. And someone just said like you're not bad at engineering, why don't you just do that? And I was like word why don't i just do that yeah. and that was enough for me like i didn't have any pressure from my mom my mom didn't even finish high school in columbia um she can't like add fractions so yeah. that's like where we're at um and uh, as for degrees like i said my mom didn't finish high school my dad actually is very well respected in Col- like he has like two masters or something mm-hmm. and when he came here when i was like i want to say i was six maybe when he mm-hmm. first got here and he lived with us until i was like 12 and he w- he had a master's in like economics, so he could be an accountant in Colombia. He had a master's in like political science, mm. so he, in Colombia he was like doing political stuff. Yeah. And he came here, and it was useless. So yeah. what he ended up doing was he worked in this factory where it was like the conditions were really bad. It smelled awful, and he'd come home, and I like I wouldn't want to hug him because he smelled awful. Mm-hmm. And like I feel bad now because I know like you come home from your job, you want your kid to hug you, and I was like I didn't see that. I yeah. just like he smells gross. Like I don't want like yeah, I don't no, want to touch nice. him. That's true. Um, uh, but yeah, he worked in this factory where you know the you know like at Starbucks like the tops of the cups. Uh-huh. That's what that's. What oh, they're making those. Yeah, they're making oh, those. That's crazy. Okay. And um, oh, and when kids would be like, "What does your dad do?" I'd always be like, "You know, at Starbucks." And then and then I'd yeah. point at thing and be like, "My dad makes these." And they're like, "Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like all right, buddy." <laughs> and um, yeah, but um, so no, like uh, as far as like career paths and like choices and stuff like that, I didn't have a lot to begin with i didn't think much of it mm-hmm. um and then as for the actual application process oh my god college application is the most stressful thing ever yeah. especially if you don't know what you're doing yeah, it's stressful true. for everybody like let's just like preemptively like if you even if your parents help you it's so stressful yeah but i mean if you have your parent like if your parent went through it probably not because again it changed now yeah like, yeah can, but if you have your parent who went to school in this country and like knows the system knows the system, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or knows someone who can get you uh, information about the system. Yeah. Oh, you feel it's so much different. better. Yeah. 100%. But, um, like, and I was applying. My mom my dad, like, my dad was no longer living with me. Yeah. And my mom had no idea what was going on. So, um, the only reason I managed, I got in through QuestBridge, and the only reason I managed to do that was because an English teacher recommended me do it. And then okay. I just went online and did it. And they have a very, I feel like it's a lot better of a process. It makes a lot yeah. more sense no, than, course. like, College Board. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and that was it. And then I got into Columbia. Nice. And it's been 
a good time. It's been a ride. Bro. It's, been, it's been a ride. It's been quite the semester. That's Is it good the right word? Mm, nah, it's it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> it's totally. I'm alive. I'm alive. That's it. Yeah, I'm grateful right. to be alive. You guys, uh, you guys know that meme of the the dog in the fire? Yeah. It's fine. This yeah. is fine. I know you're talking <laughs> that's, about that's, that's what it feels like. That's really what it feels like. This is fine. But I'm excited for next semester, though. Yes, sir. It'll be better. You learn the first semester. Keep your head up. Yeah, you learn a lot. Like, um, I'm not good at yeah. physics. That's what I learned. <laughs> <laughs> I it's a hard excited. lesson. It's a hard lesson to accept. Yeah. That five on the AP physics means nothing, kids. It's any five you get. It means <laughs> any five on the AP exam means it squat. It means nothing. It's nothing. It means don't skip your classes. <laughs> that's fact. Do not <laughs> skip do lecture. Do not skip lecture. How about you? What was it like? Coming to pursuing academics in the country, in the States. So the way it worked in my household, the standard, well, because I have an older sister and okay. um, she's in medical school right now. Nice. So even even with her, the standard was always. The bar has been set. Yeah, the bar mm. was set. And yeah. like once my parents saw like, oh, these kids are bright, they never lowered that bar. It only That's got right. higher. Yes. And yes, so it was, it was never... Um, I never questioned, like, you know, like, some some peers growing up might have been like, man, I didn't really feel like doing the homework, so I didn't do it. They would come. Bro, like, homework I never even, was the staple guy, bro. I never even <laughs> had that thought in my mind. Exactly, but Not for, do homework. Facts, bro. Every day I come home, first thing I do, homework. Like, that's the number that? one thing on my list. I can't eat if I don't exactly, do homework. Exactly, bro. Dinner? <laughs> what do you mean not do homework? Don't even think I won't, about dinner, I won't. Bro. I literally won't eat. I, don't, I may not be able to lay my head to rest if I don't do my homework. So, exactly, by the, no, and this is like kindergarten, first grade. So the, by, by the time I'm in fifth grade, my parents don't even check my homework. They're like, you better have done it or else you don't live here anymore. <laughs> like, but I'm not going to lie to you. That mentality as a kid helped me in high school. Yeah, honestly, helped me so much. Well, it, exactly. it got to the point where like my parents to this day have yeah. never seen my college essay or any aspect of my college application. No same. No same. They just, they were like, they you're a senior, you. this is... Like it's all on you. you. <laughs> yeah, it's all on me. Like exactly, it's college application process. Okay, do it. And I know kids are like, "Oh, my mom was with me, helping help me last Bro, night I with hate my oh essay." Oh my god, there's a kid was, in my school. He dead said my mom wrote my essay for me. Oh, I hate kids. Straight Bro, up, I'm not gonna. Bro, I'm gonna be straight up. up with you. That was crazy. I just I despise kids like that because then you abuse it, bro. Like, my mom, Honestly, same thing, bro. She never read my college essay. Never, never. Mine didn't like, either. I, I explained Nothing. to her that, like, how the process works is, like, you have to write essays yeah. to apply to school. She was like, okay, okay. that's it. <laughs> okay, literally, <laughs> like, literally. That okay puts so, so much it. pressure on you. Honestly. Because then, like, if you don't do it, you have no backup, bro. Like, where are you going to go? Where are you <laughs> no going to end up? Your parents were like, I thought you were applying. You never checked. I didn't. Exactly. exactly. They don't need to check. Should we good? Yeah. yeah we're good. They don't okay. need to check. That's, oh that's crazy, bro. It's crazy. Uh, what else was it? Okay, so you had... Older sister, you had yeah. High so standard. the the, expect- the expectations were set, and so that just carried on the whole way. And um, when I got here, it was kind of like so. Like the application process was it was a stressful, but yeah. because I applied early decision, once yeah, it was done, yes, it, was, it, it was was done. done. That's right. And um, so mm-hmm. that was nice. And then I was able to enjoy the rest of my senior year. Yeah, sir. Um, awesome. But then when I got here, it was definitely like a huge shift from public high school education to high well, school education. True. And I feel like the way the system is set up, the way the public education education system is set up, there's no way that that can prepare you for. That's true. Yeah. Any type. That's true. What is any cool? type of um. Having some technical difficulties. Yeah. yeah. 
any type of like rigorous coursework. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, no, that's true. So, okay, so you you guys mentioned you mentioned you had a sister. Um, you mentioned you had a sister. Miguel, do you have any siblings? I do. I have one younger brother. Okay, his name is uh, Marlon. I see what you're saying. Okay. Um, so I set the bar for him. Like my mom really didn't care about stuff like academics or, um, you know, like job opportunities until I got into Columbia. And now there's a lot of pressure on my little brother, actually, which is um, very strange to me, to be honest, because like he stresses a lot about school and he's mm-hmm. in like middle school. He's in like the seventh grade. So he's coming home. He's crying. I'm like, what's wrong? He's like, I got an 89 on my English quiz. I'm like, <laughs> like, what do you think I was doing in middle school? <laughs> like getting 100 on everything? Like, no. All right, so you have a younger brother. Uh, you have a younger sister. I have a younger. Yeah. S- I have a old, you have an older sister. Excuse I have me. Both. I have a younger oh, you have younger and older. Oh. Right. So we're gonna, okay. So I have an older sister too. Uh, for you guys, what was it like, sort of growing up with siblings? Like, did you have? So you have the old. You have the older sister, and you have a younger sister. You have a younger brother. Did you ever feel that responsibility to sort of take on that, like, I don't say parent role or like, but like that figure of like, let me help you and guide you to what you have to do. Oh, the 100%. you ever feel that pressure? Hundred percent. My my brother. My brother didn't grow up knowing my dad because by the time mm. he was like back, like he was in our lives for like maybe like he was until he was like four yeah. and then he left again and he's now 12 and he barely ever sees my dad if mm-hmm. ever. And there's a lot of, and he has a lot of anxiety about it um, to be honest because he's like, oh, what about like this, this and this? I didn't, I don't remember feeling that way about my dad ever, mm-hmm. but my dad has certainly gotten a lot more distant than he was when I was younger where at least he like called once a month and my mom was like, yeah, he's alive. But now it's like rare if that. So the um there was i did feel like i needed to like be like something he can look up to like a person he could like look at and say i want to be kind of like that and it's scary to be honest and i don't think i realized i was doing it until he said like oh i wish i could be as smart as you miguel and i was like yeah you should be smarter than me <laughs> that's true did your sister ever have to do the older sister did she ever feel that responsibility to sort of help out show you the range, like give you the range, show you how to do everything Make sure you're on top of everything or Yeah, for us it was um it wasn't like an arduous task or responsibility. It was more like it naturally happened because well me, I kinda looked up to my sister so I would follow mm-hmm. in her footsteps. Yeah. And I would do like the same activities she did. She did band, I did band. And so like while I'm doing these things that she she's three years older than me, so while I'm doing these things that she did three years before me, I would ask her, hey, how did you do this? How did you do that? And she would just tell me. And so, like, we, for, like, elementary school and middle school, we, like, kind of followed that same pattern until our interests started to deviate a bit. And so, like, it was kind of natural. It wasn't like um, he had to bear this weight of um, being a role model for me because the example she set was just her being herself. And so I just followed that and I and I'm being myself and now with our younger sister now we just like want to just pass on the mantle it's not like um we have to feel stressed to to be like this like uh unattainable mm-hmm. like position for her. instead we're just there to help her nice. while she's doing the same thing we did years ago that's nice I like that bro because I feel like I've seen like my friends and I most of us I have an older sister. It's literally the same situation as that. Like, my sister's only a year older. It's like, what she went through, I was going to go through the next year of her baby. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't want to say we did the same things. We did very, very similar things. Like, she had different interests. She's more interested in, like, the public health and, like, the medicine aspect. I'm more interested in, like, the engineering stuff. So we had 
we did like we took some of the same classes. We took some of the same like we did some of the same activities, but we still had that flexibility and the independence to like do whatever we want. I feel like my parents, my mom understood that if you don't have edu- like if you don't study and you don't like get an education, you really did nothing. Like that was like the one thing that was ingrained with us when like when we were younger. Like that concept of like coming home, doing your work, making sure you're on top of everything, that was ingrained with us at such a young age. So that when we grew older, like we didn't feel burdened. We didn't feel burdened by like our parents and like we didn't feel pressure. Because then that pressure was already internalized. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like it it's was all in. All coming from yourself. Exactly. Like, so like mm-hmm. now it's like your your mind yeah. is saying you like you have to you do have this. To do this. Or you're gonna fail. Like, like you, what else is there's no other option. Exactly. There's, there's yeah. no other there. option. Exactly. And like that's like what rings around the back of my mind. Like whenever I'm like doing something here today, like if I don't do this now, the, where the few, where am I gonna where go? am I gonna end up? Where? You know what I mean? That's facts. So uh, so we, you have we have we all have siblings. We all we all had to endure some sort of like struggle. But what other struggles did you guys face growing up with like immigrant parents? Like we talked about like that concept of like that cultural barrier. But what other struggles did you guys face growing up as like children of immigrants, as like first gen, stuff like that? Were there were there any other struggles, any challenges, anything of that sort? What do you guys got? Mm, any other like uh, besides academic? Yeah, besides academics, like just lifestyle. Because like, one thing I can tell you now is. Moroccans have a different like way of life, like just a cultural, like ignoring that language barrier. I meant to say language barrier, by the way. Ignoring that like language barrier, Moroccans we in general have like a different way of life. We have like a different way of how we sort of treat family and treat friends and everything. It's so, like growing up, all my family was in Morocco, so that's like mm. the number one disadvantage that I had. Because then yeah. to visit family, you have to cross Atlantic. All my white friends are like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go to my aunt's house. She lives two houses down." <laughs> I'm like, "Chief, I don't have that, bro." And I have to explain to them every time that like my family's not in the country. So growing up, that was like the first like struggle we had, and then like yeah. that sense of family, yeah. you could tell it was lacking. Like it yeah. wasn't like like not the sense of the immediate family, like we had yeah. that, but, but the, the sense of like the, the extended. extended family. Yeah, I know exactly you know what, what I mean? you're talking about. It was yeah. like there was it was more of an extension than what I yeah. would have liked. Like I've never yeah. met any of my grandparents. Yeah, no, same. They're now all they've all passed away. Yeah, no, same. Literally, growing that was yeah. the same case for me. Like yeah. my on my mind, my mom's side, my maternal grandmother passed away when she was when I was five. So and that was before. I'm pr- I don't know as a child I can't recall but I don't know if I got to visit and like she got like she got to see me and meet me in like person but I don't have any memories of that nor do I have any memories of like my paternal grandparents at yeah. all and that was a, like it was a struggle and that was a consequence of being so isolated yeah. like, so far away yeah all my other cousins they were raised with them they knew them yeah. like, you know what I mean they had memories they have pictures and you know yeah. what I mean yeah but for me it was different yeah so like one, yeah. to expand upon that so my mom's mom passed away right after my mom was born. Then wow. my mom's dad passed away when she was a teenager. Wow. Right before Sorry. she came here. And my, my dad's parents lived long, um, wonderful lives, but they just stayed in Africa their whole life because they were like, I don't need America. I'm, I'm yeah. good here. I'm no. <laughs> my gra- yeah, my maternal grandmother actually yeah. came when I was super young. She hated it. Like, yeah. she, my mom had to book her flight earlier yeah. because, again, in Morocco, like, all the families knew each other. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone knew each other. There America? was like a sense of community in America. America no. is something different. Exactly. And that's like, all I'm no. going to say. That's you don't right. like, most immigrants probably don't need it. Like I know my, my dad would have made a fine life for himself in Colombia mm-hmm. by himself. And he is right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, my, my, my granddad has a, a jewelry business. Well, he's not running it now. Cause yeah. like, but he's well off and he's chilling. Exactly. So he doesn't, he has no need to come here. Exactly. <laughs> but my aunts and yeah. uncles, like on my dad's side, um, there's a few of them here in America, but they're all 
spread out, like North Carolina, Colorado. Mm-hmm. So even the ones here in America, I barely see them. And so growing up, it was just my immediate family, really. And gotcha. extended family wasn't really there. And so when people would be like, oh, we had this huge Thanksgiving feast yes, with, bro. with oh my grandmas God. and aunts and uncles. Like, and people fly I'm, in. Yeah, I'm like, I've never experienced this. It's just been <laughs> a table for five. Exactly. <laughs> and, that's it. And yeah. just a small dinner. That's it. But I'm not going to lie. That like Right now, I'm closer to my mom and my sister now like I could have ever oh, imagined. Yeah, you know that's what true. I mean? like, I've seen like other like my wife families where it's like, I don't want to say they're not close, but it's like they're a bit distant. You know what I mean? Like my sister and I, like we're super close. It's about yeah. like going in like different states and they're living in different states. But like that sense of family and like that sense of like family is your number one priority no matter what. That was ingrained with us. There's, yeah. there's yeah. a lot of I think, I think there's a lot of sense of isolation with families who aren't immigrant families mm-hmm. or between the different members um, because you don't have anything to offset that like generational pressure. You yeah. know what I mean? Because when you're an immigrant family, there's that feeling like you are different from other people because your family's from here. So you tend to talk to them more. Like, if I can, like, I'm going to transition this now into the topic we were saying before. I actually did have um, immediate family around me. Most of them Mm -hmm. lived in Clifton in New Jersey where I lived. And um, I would see them quite often. But there's this, like, because most of them were second gen. They weren't Mm -hmm. first gen. My mom came very, very late compared to their families who were like the first wave. They came here initially and then we came after. And subsequently growing up, I didn't talk to them that much or I didn't feel comfortable around them because there was such a different culture. It felt, they felt so different. And, um, and like, yeah, you're right. Like, and my cousins now, like compared to like me, my brother and my mom, there's a little bit of like, just a little bit of hesitation and trust and distance between the family members. Um, and that goes away with time. Like, since since last time I saw them, I actually had Thanksgiving with them this year for the first time in quite a few years. Um, and that's been alleviated. But for, like, sometimes you notice it. But they, they're very insular. I think you have to be there to see it. But, like, yeah, most yeah. families are very insular like that. Like, no yeah. one would notice, like, you and your sister are super close just by looking at you guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's so, true. we'll see. Also, the hallway light is, like, tweaking out. No, that's oh, so- like... That's just like the on air. Okay. It's, it's, it flashes. It's like the hash oh, okay. slasher. Yeah, right? I thought this was like, I don't know. If we don't make it out of the studio. Bro, like, like, you, you, tell my parents I love sp- them. The final transcripts. <laughs> Do you see the new Spongebob musical? I did not. What? <laughs> There's a live action Spongebob musical. Yes, there it's is. It's the ugliest yes, thing sir. I've ever seen in my life. No. <laughs> There's a real life. There's the cast of this kid, a Spongebob. Krusty Krab Pizza. I don't even know. No, and then they Plankton. Didn't have, they didn't have that song. They didn't have that song. <laughs> but it, you know like, the whole soundtrack, Miguel. <laughs> they didn't have it. No, listen. I know about this because a bunch of band kids from my school went to see it. Oh and they were like, nasty. yeah, it was amazing. But also no they way. were band kids. What? No, no. I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> and it, I saw it on opinion? Twitter. Really? Like the casting video and like the intro video to it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's a crime against humanity, man. Are you sure this is real? Like, was Yeah, bro. I feel like they already started like airing it. Like, it's, no. You can no, go I mean, and watch. Was the video on Twitter like actually the thing? Because I feel like Twitter would like. Yeah, no, no, no. The like, video on Twitter was actually like it showed them on stage like okay. performing. Oh no! Like it was like an intro for each character, Isn't like showing that... the characters. Wait, what type of music was it? It wasn't on Broadway, was it? I think it was Broadway. It was on Broadway. Isn't it illegal to record? No, yeah. it was advertisement so, by them. Oh, it was like it was their oh, advertisement. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, <laughs> no, 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 no. Like I was gonna stop anybody. No, no. It, it was their advertisement showing like all the characters and like who the real life like character like actor is. And like showing that transition and like showing them acting and everything yeah. like the actual trailer. They don't have yeah. costumes though. They just like yeah, like, just the outfits. They, yeah, it's just it's the outfits. Like, they're it's not dressed nasty. up as a sponge, just like a white dude. Like you see and a like, white kid wearing a tie. Yeah, like and suspenders. Shoes. Yeah, it's not the character. <laughs> it's just disgusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, that's SpongeBob. It's oh, nasty, what? bro. And Plankton's like this white dude wearing an eye patch and it's like green trench coat. Wait, I have a question. 
What's your question? Is Sandy still in a spacesuit? No, she's oh, not. Okay. That's the thing. She's not. She's just like this like so they're not this even girl wearing like a tracksuit. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So they're not even underwater, but defeats the whole purpose. Betrayed. Betrayed. Uh, that's a quick tangent. So we're gonna go back to <laughs> what we were talking about at the very beginning. All right, so we talked about family. Now here's a question I want to ask you guys. I'm assuming you guys both want to start families of your own. Right? Yeah, definitely. Standard. Yeah. That's like at some point. How do you how do you plan on sort of raising your kids or treating the concept of family like because now your kids are going to be second gen. Like, that's something that I, like, yeah. some days I sit down and I think about it. Like, my kids won't have the same experience as I had. Yeah. That's number one. They won't <laughs> understand the struggle. Yeah. That's scary. That's scary. You know me. what I mean? Have you ever read The Good Earth, the book? I have not read about The Good What is The Good Earth? It, is, is, it book? is a book about, um, I can't remember any of the names. It's about a Chinese farmer. And the book is essentially from, like, when he buys, when he purchases his first wife, as was, I guess, what they did at that time in China. Yeah. It was during the Boxer Rebellion. That's, like, what, the early 20th century or so? Right. And, um, the book lays out his entire life and he has kids and there's a scene at the end where he's trying to tell his like his whole life he's been trying to raise his kids in a way where they learn the value of like land and property Mm -hmm. because he doesn't want them to sell it at the end of the book right before he dies his sons make an agreement to sell some of the land and then it starts and like i never thought about that but like that generational gap kind of scares me like i really want like you always want your kids to have those same experiences as you because you feel like well i came out like decent i'd like to imagine so wouldn't it be nice if they did too and like I feel like you just can't do that. Like what you, like the way I, the way I think I would do it is I think I'd relinquish them. I I want to live with my mom. I I need I feel like my kids if they had a grandmother who would speak to them in Spanish and who taught them like the culture a little more, it would be a lot better for them. Definitely. Yeah. No, and that's that. what I think I would do. I would either like have them I'd live with relatives directly from Colombia or with my mom who can right. then like pass on that sort of tradition just like from proximity. Yeah. I saw there's a cool there's a cute there's a quote from Bruce Lee, and it was like he's not gonna teach his kids. Uh, no, he's not gonna give his kids what he wanted. He's gonna ke- teach them the lessons that he w- wanted to learn. Right. Oh, which changed funny, everything. Because yeah. when I was like when I was growing up, like not even that. Like my parents like said no to me. Like oh no, you can't have that. You can't have this. I was like God, should wait for the day that I have my own kids. Yeah. But I'm gonna spoil the crap out of them. Yeah. Now I realized it, bro. I need to teach them the lessons that I would have wanted to learn at an early age. You know, like diligence. Um, or why honesty, you can't dignity. have the things that you can't have. Or why you can't have the things that you can't have. <laughs> you know what I mean? So thinking about that, whenever I want to, like th- my biggest fear is losing the culture. Because mm. I'm a Moroccan, we speak Arabic. Like I've seen families who like first gen, like their parents came in the 90s and like early 2000s. Their kids don't speak Arabic at all. Like they don't speak that language. They don't have that association with the culture. But that's my biggest fear for my kids. Like, or my family, like losing that. Like I'm trying to like, if I have to like ship them to Morocco for them to sit for like a long time, I don't care. That's like one thing that I want to maintain and make sure that that stays positive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, how about you, bro? What it's it's kind of difficult to foresee. So f- with me, inevitably, some of the culture was lost with my parents because technically, not ethnically speaking, but mm-hmm. um, I guess, well, if you want to, well, like on the micro level, yes, ethnically speaking, I'm mixed. Yeah. Even though I'm West African, my parents come from two different, totally different countries. But um, so I couldn't have gained both cultures wholly. Like some mm-hmm. of it had to be given up because because there was no like extended family around. My dad had no one to speak French with. My mom had no one to speak um, Grippo, her native tongue with. Um, so I never picked up on those languages. If they have no one to speak those languages with, they're not going to use it at home. Yeah, that's true. And so 
we didn't pick up on the language, but in the the general West African culture, we did pick up on that. And so that's something I do definitely want to pass on, mm-hmm. regardless of, because you also have to think of think about who you're going to marry. Like you don't know who you're going to marry. Yeah. And so, yeah, if I marry someone that. who doesn't share the same culture in me, again, that 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 divide is going to happen where you still pick up the culture, but not the f- the whole of it. Yeah. It's still some fraction of it. That's true. Like I've seen people who like battle have to battle between like which one do I associate myself with more, especially if they're mixed. Mm-hmm. But like when I say mixed, like like drastic mixes, like different continents, different like subracial groups, different like completely different like cultures. Like that's a like battle of which one am I? Am I this or am I that? Can I be both? You know what I mean? Sometimes like it overlaps. You have a big overlap of everything. That definitely makes sense. So in terms, okay, now we talked about culture. We talked about passing it down. Now let's. I want to go back to like let's 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 sidetrack real quick. Let's go back. Did you ever realize that you were living a different life than everyone else when you were younger? Like when you were, I don't know if you even like you can speak on this because it was like probably such a long time ago. But did you ever realize as a kid that your life, your family was clearly different? Like when was that point? No sleepovers, bro. <laughs> oh no sleepovers. my, god. Oh my god. god! Don't even get me started Pure on that. childhood man. pain. Yeah. Don't even get me Wait, started. Why on can't that. I just spend the night? You know their parents. You've had you've you've met them. You've had conversations with them. Why can't I spend the night? Just no. It's no. all it's all coming out. <laughs> Like, all the childhood frustration <laughs> yeah really with no explanation yeah especially um i grew up in a so my first preschool was in patterson um, okay most of my childhood was in clifton but my preschool was in patterson so um and then i and then i went to uh elementary school in clifton but um like initially in patterson everyone i interacted with was hispanic like pretty much everybody mm. so i didn't make the assumption that people were that much different than me i just figured they all did the same things the same sort of traditions. I didn't really have a big sense of culture shock until about middle school-ish, which is when I was in accelerated classes. And okay. I happened to be around um, a lot more white kids because that's just the way the divide works yeah. Yeah. for no particular reason. It's capitalism. It's capitalism. Um, but, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, and then I found out, the first thing I found out that was big to me was that their parents didn't beat them. That, that was a big was a, thing. That was a big, that was a big thing. thing. No, they true. were like, oh, like my mom would like mala me dinner or they're like my get grounded and I'd be like, lock me in my room. Like, what would that do? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I like being in my room. Yeah. So um it it was like it was a strange it was a strange experience to hear that for the first time. My Columbia essay was actually about that experience. About feeling that sense of shock. Oh. So um, it's a big thing, but that was definitely the first thing I noted. And then after that came like food. And then yeah, I was just about to say that. Went to their yeah. houses and like the water on the fridge works. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's that like next bad. level. That's <laughs> they had the, yeah, there's no tap water. Different. Like you knew you were broke, boy. When, like, or they had, had water bottles in the fridge. Yeah, yeah. that was a big. One, bro. That was for me. It was always like tap water, bro. You want water? Yes, Go to the, take a take a cup, fill it's it up, take a sip of the tap. My friends would come over and be like, "You drink from that?" I'm like, "What?" Exactly, exactly. For me, it was definitely sleepovers was a big one. So as a kid, I was like. It's a sleepover. I'm going to go to their house, spend the night. I'll be back tomorrow morning. They're like, nope. Sorry. Nope. Heck no. There's also the food. Because at my school, we had microwaves. So I was always brought, I always brought home. Yeah, bro. Ooh. We weren't bougie like that. It was a charter school. We were severely underfunded. Ooh. The one good thing that they had was a, was a microwave. So I'd always bring leftover dinner to lunch. You know what I mean? As, as my lunch. And I'd heat it up. And I'm bringing like couscous. I'm bringing like Moroccan traditional food. People would just like look at me, bro. They're whipping out like steak like 
Italian, like whatever the parents cooking up the night before, or like eating school lunch. You eat that, and then they take out exactly. the Kraft mac and cheese with the watery, <laughs> the watery <laughs> cheese, like, or I'd the instant ramen. Than you're like, exactly. <laughs> okay, buddy. <laughs> exactly. So I'm eating like my like Moroccan food, and they're just like looking at me like, "Oh, it smells interesting, bro." I'm like, what do you mean it "Smells interesting, bro." It's food. So that was like the point where I realized I was like, "We have a lot more different than I thought in common." Well, uh, actually, let me. I I'm gonna say I'm gonna stick with that. Yeah. I realize that I have a lot. Like the only thing that's shared is the language. We both speak English. We both do the same thing. We both live, like now live in the society. But I'm gonna associate myself more with like the Moroccan side of me. Like right. I'm, you know what I mean? Like the yeah. Moroccan, like Arabic is my language. Morocco is my culture. Like this is my tradition. This is the food that I eat. This is the clothes that we wear. This is the music yeah. that we listen to. Stuff like that. Yeah. That is for me more pre- prevalent than the American side. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. the thing. All right. So I also want to ask you guys one quick question. What are what are some things that some lessons or some some let's say yeah let's keep it at lessons. What are some lessons that you learned growing up as children of immigrants? Like what did it teach you? What did what did that struggle? What did that difference teach you? What how did it empower you? How did it equip you? How did it affect you today? If you were to look at and like sort of look back, what would you say? What I say. Hmm. That's tough. Yeah, no, bro. Be honest, bro. Let me let me let me hear what you're thinking. For me, it can like I feel like the two things my parents stressed the most were God in school. Mm-hmm. That was like that was basically it. If they were gonna do anything, if they were gonna pass anything down to us before they left this earth, it was gonna be God in school. And so that's how I can summarize the lessons that I learned. But it was much more nuanced than. The, just those two, those two uh, broad categories. Yeah. Um, I learned like in this life, if you don't do it for yourself, no one's gonna do it for you. Especially if you look the way that we look, That's like right. nothing's going to happen for you if you don't try and do it yourself. And that, that's not to say like, oh. Anyone can pull themselves up by their bootstraps because that's a false, mm-hmm. um, like, notion. But as far as we were concerned, we had the tools necessary to make something of ourselves. So if you don't make use of those tools, like, what are you doing? Why, yeah. why would you waste the tools that you have? While other people don't have those tools and they wish they did, why would you waste those, those resources, those, those gifts that you're given to not make something of yourself. So that's true. I learned that. I think um it was very similar in my home. I think this is a big thing for Hispanic immigrants. There's a saying, it's um el hombre flojo y sin plata la cama la mata, which in English means um the man the, the man who is lazy and without money, the bed will kill him. So like you resting yourself when you don't have anything is like you're just mm-hmm. going to die. Yeah. And that was and that is like a really big thing. Like I was taught like yeah, you need to people need to work for what they get and that's it like you're not going to get anything just by sitting around and doing nothing like yeah. if you're doing well in school you might get something if you continue to do well then like your life will put itself together but, like, it was very much like the the merits of like you know hard work and also frugality that was another thing being able to save your money yeah, yeah. my mom, my mom would not waste anything money. especially when i was younger we got all our food from like food kitchens or like food yeah. public pantries and stuff like that 
And that's what we had to do. And my mom told me, like, there's no, there shouldn't be any shame in that. Like, you shouldn't be afraid to tell people, like, yes, I need to go to a food kitchen to get food. Yeah. Because that's just the place you're in. No, it's true. For us, like, on the topic of, like, finance, it was always about, like, priorities. Like, when I was a kid, whenever we went, like, let's say to, like, I don't know, Walmart or, like, Marshalls or TJ Maxx or anything of that sort, like, to buy something. It was, like, let's say I, like, I found a toy that I wanted and I ran up to my mom to, like, see if I can buy it. It was always like, no. And that, as a kid, like, it was frustrating because, like, I wanted a toy, bro. Like, I wanted it. I wanted a deck, let's say, Yu-Gi-Oh cards or anything. I just couldn't have it. And as I grew up, and, like, as I started, like, accumulating, like, my wealth of my own, like, working jobs, like, saving up and everything, I'm beginning to, like, have that same mindset where if I don't need it, like, if I don't need it for a long term, if it's not going to give me any benefit, why spend my money on it? You know what I mean? And that, that was ingrained... Far before I even understood what like possessing money is and like how to deal with finance, like finance, because that's again like it was you like you really live a life that's set by example from your parents. That's the biggest one. That's like yeah. at the end of the day, it's the case, especially for immigrants, like children of immigrants. You're gonna live the, a life that is set by sort of how your parents lived, but it's also like sort of it's sort of shaped and molded by what you see in like TV and the media and what you see from like the lives of other people. So that was like my realization as I was growing up, which is definitely crazy. Like right now, I hate being late to stuff because of my dad. Yeah. He's a yeah, very, always on time. He's a that very was a big person. I mean, for me, but I'm always late to like <laughs> everything. Yeah, I that do. was not that was not a <laughs> that was not a thing I could say. My parents taught me is to be on time to anything. Yeah. For me, it, it's a little more uh, diluted the punctuality because I'm like okay. Some classes I don't have to be on time to, but <laughs> oh. I, like I'm able to set my priorities Ooh. and things that are at the top Ooh. of the list. Then I'm like, okay, it like physically irks me if I'm late to this thing, this specific thing. Mm-hmm. But for my dad, it's like everything, like literally everything. No, it's the same for. for I mean, if it's like if it's serious, serious, yeah. I'm gonna be like 15 minutes early. Yeah, but if it's like I have flexibility, yeah. like even if it's like not like set in like stone, but I have mm-hmm. like I know I have flexibility. Like I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll take time. Time. but I'm not gonna arrive thirty minutes late. Like yeah. That's not that concept of like Arab time, bro. Not apply. <laughs> All right, so this is, this might be a bit of a controversial question, but if you could go back in time and like tell your if you could tell your parents or change how they raised you, what would you want to change about it? I wish they wouldn't have hit me. That's mm, it. Honestly, bro, because it, it puts you in a very like your mindset changes because of it, and you don't realize. Mm. Especially when you're a child. Like, I remember I'd be really rough with my brother. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because, like, I didn't like him. Like, I'd punch him and it'd be like, oh, whatever. Yeah. But, like, it shouldn't be like that. Like, I really shouldn't have. Like, when it's like, and what ends up happening is you do, you redirect a lot of that frustration about it to other people because, like, you don't want to blame your parents, right? Like, so, like, my mom would hit me and then I'd get mad. And what would I do? I'd turn around and I'd hit, like, the wall or, like, the next day if my brother bothered me, I'd, like, push him or something. Yeah. And, that's how you let out frustration and what you end up and like, or I'd get hit and I'd be like, Oh my brother, like it's cause he ratted out on me. But at, the, but at the end of the day, like you can't blame other people for the punishment you receive. You blame the punisher for punishing you. So like when my mom did that, like it was like, you know, it was an affront to like what I felt was like how my mom, how your mom is supposed to be, or how your parents are supposed to be, it's supposed to be like safe. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's like a breach of that feeling of safety. And I would have asked them to not do that to just have stopped because, and like, you know, and you grapple this for a little while. Like I didn't want to like do that to my brother anymore. And I yeah. didn't want my mom to do it to my brother. And, and I think in the sixth grade was the first time I just told my mom flat out, like, don't like, don't hit him. Like I just stopped her 
physically just like stand in front of like don't don't hit him for this and mm-hmm. it was like it was like because he like bothered me or something and my mom was like okay you know get the sandal out or whatever and yeah, I exactly. was yeah I got like <laughs> la chancla and I was like and you know you, you nice topic because yeah, like I don't no, want that to be normal to him like that you're supposed to hit someone you care about because that's yeah. not how that works sure. yeah, I think um, well, the, th- the thing about discipline it, I think it's much more valuable to just teach them why what they did was wrong instead yeah. of mm-hmm. um corporal punishment because now they just know okay now i have to fear you as like a, a power authority in my life because if i do this i'm going to receive this physical punish physical punishment and um instead of like okay i did something wrong and now my parent will teach me how to do the right thing oh i did something wrong i got to be afraid cuz now they'll hit me like there's a very huge difference, difference in that. No, yeah, a hundred percent. No, I agree completely. Yeah. And it's very, it's a very vapid thing to do as well yeah. because your kid doesn't stop caring about like, well, what I did. Like they stop being in the mindset where like what I did was wrong, and they start thinking, what I did, I'm gonna get punished for. And like, yeah. if you don't want yeah, your kids to do something one. bad, you don't make them fear the punishment. You make mm-hmm. them themselves decide yeah, that this yeah. is just not the thing you should That's do. True. Yeah. But I feel like finding a balance between not like hitting, hitting like fuck, like, because. I've seen parents, like, I've seen kids who, like, weren't hit as a kid, like, who weren't, uh, not hit, this is the wrong word, not disciplined properly as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, like, they were always like, oh, it's okay, like, just learn your lesson. But they never truly learned the lesson. Like, they never took the time to sit down and reflect. Yeah. So they, like, manipulated that and they abused that given situation where, like, they could do whatever. They know their parents aren't going to touch them. They know nothing's going to happen. So they just grew up to be, like, morally poor individuals. Like, they never followed, instruction never followed the rules, they never, like, Sure, they might have been, like changed now. They might change in the future, like and hopefully, we, like all people change. But at a young age, having the ability to do whatever the hell you want to do and not be disciplined for it, that was different. Yeah, I, to this day, I still get annoyed. Like, let's say I'm in Walmart, yeah, and a kid is wilding out. <laughs> I can't do anything to the kid, so I'm like, why? As a parent, why can't you, like, please discipline your child? <laughs> discipline your child. Literally, like he is tugging on my jeans. <laughs> I would like him to stop. Yeah, Please I mean, fix this. <laughs> I, I think that's the important thing. It doesn't have to be violent. It just has to be something. Yeah, yeah, something. something, yeah. Like, the biggest form of discipline for us was like, I'm disappointed in you. Right. Like, yeah. my parents ever told me, like, I'm disappointed in you, bro. That, that, like, that hits your, like, it hits, bro. That penetrates your soul. Because I never wanted my parents to be disappointed in me. Right. Like, I wanted to, like, be a good child, something they can, they can be proud of, something, like, they can love. You know what I mean? So when you tell me, like, I'm disappointed in you, and, like, if you say it with, like, intention... Man, that, that that's like that works wonders, bro. Like that hits. Like that that was like for me like that's the big thing, biggest thing I feared was I knew I wasn't gonna do anything wrong because I knew my parents would be disappointed. And obviously, like mm-hmm. they're disciplined in other ways, so I was like scared that like I was scared as hell out of them. Right. But it really like I grew up to be, understand that like there really is no like benefit to living a life of like being mischievous and like doing yeah. bad things. You know yeah. what I mean? So I was like I was like let me just not waste my time with that and do something productive with my time. That's what I ended mm-hmm. up doing. But that's definitely true. All right, so we talked a lot about today. We talked about sort of being a child of immigrants. We talked about quite a, quite a few, but we all have unique stories. And I feel like that's what makes us all, like, people of color, first generation. That's what makes us all unique. And, like, we, we have, even though we have different backgrounds, we also have a shared sense of, like, struggle. Like, whatever you went through, I went through in, like, a different version. You know what I mean? Like, you had to translate stuff in like in, uh, into Spanish. I translated stuff into Arabic. Like, it was all different. You know what I mean? Like, we all had the same struggles growing up. And that's, like, the beauty of it. 
And that's why, like, if you look at like the diversity that America has in, or any other city or New York City alone, you'll run into situations like that. And it's more pre- like prevalent today as you see more immigration into the country, you're going to see more instances of that. Sure, now you have the like your like people who are immigrating in have the resources to sort of advance, uh, to assimilate, and to settle in. But back then, it was really a free for all. Like my parents used to tell me stories of like when they were working like two or three jobs just to make amends meet. I mean, that's not. I feel like that hasn't changed. My mom. That's true. That, that my mom definitely works two jobs. Yeah, that's true. That doesn't have, that definitely hasn't changed. But now, if it, I feel it definitely is. It's like now it's on the child to do more because if you look at like children born in the country who have parents are from different countries. What I've noticed is that the child wants to be so much, like wants to engage in like the cultural roots of where they come from, but the parents want to sort of find the American side and like pursue that American side. So there's a clash yeah. between the child wanting to live the cultural roots and like live as an ethnic mm-hmm. or like right live in that yeah. setting, versus them, like the parents who want to come to America and like help like get help from the child yeah. to settle in. So it's definitely a good situation. It's definitely it's not a good situation, but it's definitely an interesting situation. Yeah. It's, I, I think it's because <clears throat> immi- like kids who are the um, people who are the kids of immigrants growing up in America we're like okay we, we've gone through this educational system I've had enough of America I yeah. want to learn about my culture and our parents are like they it's not they still love their culture but like they associate it with all the difficult times they went through so like okay I want some opportunity which is associated with America yeah so it's like yeah. Um, them wanting opportunity versus us wanting to be in touch with our roots. That's true. Well, Miguel Ayi, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you all. Mm-hmm. I appreciate your contribution. I appreciate sharing your thoughts, your experiences. Thank you once again for all those listening today. If you're interested in being featured on any of these series, that's what makes us human or my story, let me know. Shoot me a DM on Instagram or Twitter or leave a comment down below. Reach out to me or anything of that sort. I'd love to have you on my show. For all those listening, thank you so much. I appreciate it podcast is coming back this is the first episode of the revival it's a series and it's a stage of improvement stay tuned every week we'll try to put out at least a one podcast a week maybe one every two weeks in seas i know that's the problem bro. that's the problem that's we're gonna try to buddy I know. you gotta teach yourself week? chemistry first <laughs> and physics shout out to and calc and those aren't even major specific <laughs> classes exactly. yeah but aoe's done though aoe's <laughs> yeah, done now we got you so much better now we got you done so i'm gonna try to put out some content i don't know sporadic nature spontaneous nature uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback, criticism, or suggestions, let me know. It's been a pleasure hosting you on this episode of The Naja Show. It's your host, Amen Naja. Be phenomenal or be forgotten. And do not forget, do more, know more, meet more. I'll see you all on the next one. Take it easy, folks. Goodbye. Goodbye. Peace.